Warning, this is a satirical rugby podcast for degenerate gamblers, rugby fanatics, and anyone in between. If that sounds like you, you've come to the right place. If you're easily offended, oh well. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. I'm your host, BT, and I'm here with my two favorite co-hosts, Uncle Johnny That's me. and Tommy No Picks. Yes. Tommy, we have news. The MLR is back. Is back. Two C's. A lot of C's. Well, it's back-ish. Soon-ish. We have announced dates. But rather than us get into it, let's go straight to our callers, the best callers in the world. Tom, we've got a packed show today. They've been blowing up the phone lines. It's been violent. Um, you know, we can barely handle the calls. <laughs> Tommy, what's the number if they want to call? It's, uh, let me, I came prepared this week. Oh, he wrote it it's, down uh, in Braille. 720 259 8825 in Braille. First caller. What's up, my rugby pick em days? Jody from San Diego, uh, and I just heard the news that the MLR is back. I'm fired for my San Diego Legion this year, not because of the high-profile signings like um, that Chris Robshaw guy, uh, and not because the cheeky old Eddie Jones has agreed to help us out in the front office, but the real reason I cannot wait is because it's been a full freaking year since I got to put on my medieval armor that I forced myself in my garage and we also have the best freaking fans so um i'm talking about the cohort baby <laughs> march 2021 cannot come soon enough we are legion Ooh, we got a legionite i need to see some of that armor jody from san diego with the call she's fired up a couple things to touch on in that call johnny first off mlr is back it's is it back <laughs> I, I really, yeah, appreciate the enthusiasm. We all want it to be back. It's the, the, the putting out a press release that we're hopefully going to do this thing. We're back. When, we're back. when the Earth is on in six months' time, the Earth will be on the other side of the sun. It'll exactly. And in sunny San Diego, we will see the likes of, well, Chris Robshaw, big mm-hmm. deal. Eddie Jones, bigger deal. But a guy called uh, Cole Zarconi. Biggest deal. Our good friend Cole has packed up shop Not from Central deal Washington. <laughs> He's already down there in San Diego feeling the lay of the land. When I heard the Eddie Jones news, I texted Cole and I said, I'll give you 10 bucks if you can get him to laugh. So we'll see. Eddie doesn't seem like the type of guy who likes to laugh much. I bet Eddie comes in, you know, this consultancy role. He comes in for a uh, holiday, basically. And, like, I hey, just, like, yeah. Yeah, he just does some cons- consulting work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jody, we're fired up for your Legion. Um, you know, the cohort, we described the MLR mascots, and we agreed that the cohort is the Legion's mascot. So congrats on being a fan and a team mascot all in one. Um, guys, so happy it's back. Uh, we had another caller who was pretty fired up about it, uh, but he had kind of a different question. We got uh, Austin on the mic. Austin, speak up, for God's sakes. Yes, sir. My name is Austin Ramon, calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. My question is, 
if you could invest in any two MLR teams, which one do you think would get the most return on investment and why? Ooh, a little ROI question right now. Return on investment. Wow. So, all right, let's take Austin's scenario and say some ownership group wants to bring you in, minority owner, 5%. Tommy, where are you buying right now? Where am I buying? Well, do you want to buy stock when it's low or do you want to get on the two-time Seattle Seawolves champions? I'm not buying in on Seattle. That's too expensive. Too expensive right now, yeah. Can we buy in on Hawaii before they even start? Speaking of, Johnny, our last episode was on the eve of Hawaii, will they, won't they? Uh, Can you break it to our fan base if they haven't already heard? What is the future of the Hawaii bid? Well, it's a logistical challenge, but (laughs) I think that they, they do have some strength backing them. Hopefully they come back next year, uh, but it's just hard, eh? Like you have to do like a double, like you have to do double headers and stuff like that where, or you play like a round robin out there where you have a couple teams fly out, two, three teams fly out and, uh, play two matches while they're there. Yeah. Which is always tough on player welfare too. The Hawaii bid seemed, uh, condemned to start. Only because, again, the logistical issues. But it, it kind of got petty towards the end where Hawaii missed the money deadline and then they questioned the financial legitimacy of the MLR, which is fair. I mean, yeah, I think it's, they a, got it's a, a year, two and a half league. Yeah. yeah, I think they've got some backing, though. They've, they've got some legs. Um, well, Tommy's going well, with the... Yeah, Tommy, tell us more. Rolling, rolling the dice on Hawaii. Anyway, yeah, that's like a, it. a bit of a risk because you never know. It might not even turn out to be anything. Okay, so you're going early on Hawaii. Right, Basically, they haven't played one game yet and you're investing. But also, Dallas, if Mark Cuban's got anything to do with this, it's not uh, It's not too risky a bet to invest. Yeah, I don't think Cuban will touch it until it's a more of a sure thing, but I think Dallas is a good market. Oh, Johnny, he already touched. He I mean, he, he touched. Hot. He, he touched. He touched and he likey. He, he touched. He is a minority owner. Fingertip. Uh, <laughs> and but, we might split a luxury booth at Globe Park next year, him and I, potentially. I heard you, I heard you reached out. Yeah, you know, I said, hey, Mark, you know, you want to go halves on a booth? We could do it like, you know, a beach cottage timeshare. Just go splitsies on it. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see what his people say. So Tommy likes Hawaii and Dallas. I like Dallas. Uh, maybe he doesn't have a lot of capital to put in because no. he, he's certainly going. He's basically investing in two teams before they played a game. Right. Okay. I think Rooney, uh, as far as like investing into something that it will cost you a little bit more, and there there's some risk involved as far as just operating expenses coming out at you know that big market, but. Dude, the people that are involved. I mean, you're getting in an organization that's uh, has some pretty solid buy-in and some some solid people involved. Big Apple. Johnny wants a piece of Wall Street through Rooney. Where are you going to go with your second investment? I I think I honestly think Dallas is is uh it's a risk but it's a market that that could really get behind this team. And they have plans to refurbish uh it's like a town-owned park but there's a baseball stadium. That's the goal, is to get into River Chon Parker. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But right now, year one, they're saying they're going to play in Globe Park, which is like a 40,000 soccer stadium. Yikes. We, we all know how that works. Yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> and honestly, when like... You sprinkle 2,000 fans in a 40K. 
building, it's it doesn't look good. Yeah, and on paper, Dallas in, independently can support this franchise, but it does it is does become kind of hard having three teams in Texas. Uh, dilutes a little bit, and one of those might actually flake out, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like so. that could be a legitimate, you know, option, John. I'm glad you added that last component, the flaking out, because my two investments, gentlemen, are going to be with a team who apparently has so much money that flaking out down the line is not going to be an issue. I'm talking about the Gilgronies and the Giltinis. I'll buy high. I don't care oh what. I don't care what Gilchrist <laughs> paid for him. The fact is, if Gilchrist wants this smoke. And he's not going to back down, and he's still going to call his team the Gilgronis and Giltinis. He's not going anywhere, and his wallet's not going anywhere. Yeah, so I'm being, putting my money with a guy that has the working capital like, to put like his that. team through at least five years. Do you remember, not very long ago, a, cer- a certain man <laughs> who said that he had enough money to float this new pro league for as long oh. as it would take. Do you remember? Yeah, are you talking about our dear, dear friend, Dougie Show? Our best friend, probably our best friend, Dougie Show, <laughs> who said the same thing. Like, at what point is enough money not enough? Like, you, when you cut your losses. Like, there, nobody has enough money for money never to matter ever in large quantities, right? So, like, unless you're the bank and you're printing it. But I hear you. I don't see any banks. John, you know what's going to be weird? And, and we will get Adam Gilchrist on the show. You know, it's just a matter of time. I feel like he's already a listener and loves our stuff. But, uh, like. Johnny, maybe, maybe we meet this guy and he's like, you know, he's a hardcore rugby guy. He just gets it. Oh, I'm sure he is. No. Um, <laughs> hardcore rugby, hardcore money. <laughs> hardcore about naming things after himself. Yeah. Uh, the Giltini. <laughs> oh, God, it's just, maybe, I just hope that drink is as terrible. As maybe one year from now we'll be clinking Giltini glasses with Adam Gilchrist himself and uh, just talking shop. We'll see. Yeah. Anyhow, that's where I'm parking my cash. Yeah. Appreciate okay. the what call. What goes into a Giltini? What's the difference between a martini and a Giltini? I think probably has Instead of the olive, it's like one of his testicles just dropped in. There. I think it's blue, blue, <laughs> blue curacao, I'm sure, is in there well, What's somewhere. the difference between a margroni and a gilgroni? <laughs> <laughs> Next call. Hey, boys. Uh, this is Patty from Providence calling you back. Thanks for answering my question last time. Hey, uh, got a quick question. I know there's a lot of uh, Twitter beef uh, on uh, in the NBA. These are not the days of uh, Walt McCarty and and Antoine Walker, uh, the beloved of a beloved Boston Celtic. But uh, hey, wondering, uh, thought I saw some, uh, thought I saw some shenanigans on MLR Twitter. So wanted uh, to hear about that. See if uh, you have any thoughts. Thanks and uh, appreciate the call, Patty from Providence. Tommy, we got this call a couple months ago. Uh, Patty must have been watching the bubble, just watching the seas, watching the. The bubble drama, for those that don't know and are rugby-based, here in the States, uh, the NBA has taken on this code name, the bubble, because they're locking all their players into one outfit and playing their games, and they've had a 0% COVID rate so far. So the bubble thing appears to work. However, Patty wants to know about the, uh, what did he say, Twitter beef. Twitter beef. Do we have any uh, Twitter beef? 
in the uh, MLI? I think I saw that. I saw something. I was scrolling through. So I, I went back and looked for Patty. Twitter beef. Is that that new uh, uh, cow substitute? Is that that new vegan stuff? I don't know. It's actually that was on the shelf. It's a bird. Twitter beef. Oh, it's it's a bird, but it tastes like beef. Tastes like beef. It's like chicken chicken beef. Mm. Mm. Sounds good. So Tommy, I'm looking through Twitter, and um, we we joked on our season preview for 2020. Uh, All these teams had hashtags. They had themes that they always go to in their posts. You know, we joked that the uh, the unpaid intern is just cranking out content for free because they love to be on Twitter. So after the season got canceled, you know, is is summer's getting started, and someone on the San Diego Legion page just must have been bored. Uh, and MLR posted, "It's been one year since the champions were crowned." Whatever, and uh, whoever this intern is just decided, you know, I'm I'm going to respond to this. And uh, I, Tommy, I quote from Twitter. But what about the uncrowned kings of 2020? Question mark. The undefeated team from San Diego. This is from the San Diego Legion's account. Out of the rafters comes Peter Tiberio. Some may know him as Tibbs, part of the two-time champion Seawolves. They got the actual trophies there to prove it. He says, no one cares. (laughs) <laughs> so that gets a good laugh couple of retweets now whoever whatever maniac is running this san diego legion account and by the way we love all the unpaid interns who are cr- producing content for the mlr what else would we have the joke about if it weren't for you a week later tommy they post a picture and i'll, I'll read you verbatim from the uh, twitter machine <laughs> TFW, which means uh, that feeling when, for for all those boomers out there, including Patty from Providence, that feeling when any other USMLR team says they would have been the 2020 champions. And Peter Tiberio, again, comes from the rafters, tweets back at him, the same look everyone gave you when you claimed to be the uncrowned kings of 2020. You should know this as well as anybody. You don't win championships in the regular season. And then he hits him with the dual crown emoji. Right. It, well, Mic drop. <laughs> so, Patty, you want Twitter beef in MLR? We got it. You don't win championships on Twitter either. Oh. <laughs> seems to be battling it out. Oh, a lot of people are uh, ready to take us. So, I, I'm going to retweet it right now. I'm going to pin it, too. Um, what a good tweet. Shout out to Peter Tiberio keeping the MLR interns in check running those social media accounts you can't just let these people run crazy with run. an anonymous social media account it's not anonymous it's the san diego yeah. legion but, you know. run crazy. Well, and it's great because it's tips so like, yeah. he's got an he's, entire career yeah of, like, he said kiss my rings uh yeah, yeah it's good it's no good. peter tiberio when he when he comes on the show we're gonna ask him about the tweet we like a little good banter yeah love it appreciate it patty all right great fellas question. let's Bring it local. We are a Denver show. We got a local call. Hey, it's Brian Down. You guys are Denver-based show, so I got a little call right over at the chat, keeping it local. I'm sure you heard about the Palisade Peach Tournament in Palisade, Colorado, last Saturday that was condemned by USA Rugby and Rugby Colorado in a scathing email. Do they have the ability to squash perfectly sanctioned tournaments? Just curious how the rest of 2020 is going to shake out as tournament starts scheduled. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate the call, Brian. That's a good question. Uh, 
couple points here. Um, basically, the statement that USA Rugby and Rugby Colorado came out with was stating that anybody that was participating in that tournament, because there is no return to play guideline approved, and you're putting other people at risk and during a global pandemic, basically anybody who was playing or refing during that tournament would no longer be, would, would be subject to disciplinary action, suspension for a year, wouldn't be able to play in any sanctioned rugby events for the next year. So even though maybe the tournament wasn't sanctioned, anybody who was taking unnecessary risks wouldn't be allowed back in in good standing mm. to USA Rugby competitions. Does so that make sense? So it's not just a don't do this. It's if you do do this, you'll be in big trouble. Did you say doo-doo? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, what do you think? Because as Brian mentioned, this is going to be a theme going into the fall. Um, and for those international listeners, we appreciate you. Um, here in the States, it's not as simple as you know one rule, one guideline. Um, we have 50 states, 50 different sets of laws, and our government governing bodies are very fractured here in the U.S. So as time moves on in this pandemic, I'm not saying we're any better or worse off than when the season got canceled back in March. But yeah. the fact is, stir-crazy people will, will make moves to schedule tournaments, right, and, and to get rugby going. And in some states, they'll, they'll be in, within their full rights to organize those tournaments. In others, like Colorado, they'll be breaking the rules. I mean, what are your thoughts? Are, are you think we're going to continue to see this this battle of power? And as Brian asked, do, do the governing bodies have the rights to just squash things flat out if they're not meeting the guidelines? Yeah, I think there there'll definitely be some pushback to the the guidelines. But like Johnny was saying, I, I don't think they'll have the ability to just like squash an entire tournament, but they'll be able to like ban people from joining and sipping and CIPP, all that. So it's like, um, it's like a preventative measure almost. Right. Right. If they create they harsh punishment. Not to, yeah. but they, I don't, they're not going to send in any like force units yeah. to like shut down the, the pitch. Yeah, the question came to us of, uh, you know, how do they enforce that, right? Like, how do they know who's there when there's no, if it's not like an official or if it's like a social tournament and things like that, if pe people aren't submitting rosters and everything like that. Well, they do know which clubs are involved and it is a small, in, in the U.S., it still is a small rugby community. So, like, word gets out. I mean, we heard of specific people and teams that were there at this tournament. And it's pretty easy for people to uh, to get word of it and police it in a way that they have to. It's just, it, you know, it's a public health uh, concern. Like, yeah. everyone's itching to play rugby, but, like, there's a very clear return to play guideline set out based on, you know, what is safe in your state at the given time like what what's your rate of infection and and what is safe and and unfortunately we need governing bodies as much as people like can talk trash about government in general and usa rugby as a governing body and things like that like 
people are idiots and they're gonna do whatever the hell they can. Yeah, and uh, we talked about and it so, off camera. And so, like, some people just need, you know, some higher up body to tell them what they can and can't do when there's enough of a public health concern to warrant it. John, we talked off camera, right? We we film all these now off the mic. We talked about even without a COVID health crisis, like when a tournament is run poorly and doesn't have the liability things lined up, the right. health of the player and the risk factor is so high. Like Your liability running a tournament is huge if you don't know what you're getting into, if you don't have the right physios in place, you don't have, you know, the right level of like referees and the sign-offs and you know waivers and everything like that um there's a lot to running a tournament that isn't just paperwork it's legitimately things that that you have to do to protect yourself personally and any other people involved tangentially like organizing that tournament there's a lot of liability that can be involved if you don't do it right so you know really governing bodies are looking out for the individuals who don't really know what they're getting into Honestly. And meanwhile, right down the road in Utah, I, I say that, but it's like a 10-hour drive. Out west, it's uh, pretty sparsely populated out here. you got to drive a long way to get into another state. But one state away from us, Tommy, in Utah, you know, the, the Utah Warriors development team is going to play four matches this fall, including one against uh, my Connecticut Selects. So keep an eye out for that one. However, Tommy... This is a club issue here we're talking about, and I feel like USA Rugby has lost a lot of its governing rule with the fact that they're bankrupt and they're restructuring and there's all these different. So I I do bet in southern states that have lax COVID laws, we'll we'll see some club rugby this fall. I think it's going to happen. It's just the nature of how our country is operating right now. So is the real question whether or not we'll see more and more unsanctioned (laughs) rugby just because – People, it, the the perfect storm of people saying "screw you" to USA Rugby at this time. Yeah, we we don't need you. What are you What are you good for? And they're saying in certain states, I miss rugby. Certain <laughs> demographics, like screw you to uh, COVID this idea ones. of yeah. COVID. It's a hoax or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so there'll be people that just. Want to do what they want to do. Send it. Let's say that, like, they're... That's not good, though, but that's not safe no. for anybody, no. obviously. Let's, like, yeah, we can but... agree on that. Let's say that somebody has, like, their shit together. Like, let's say, like, U- USA South. Well, let's talk about has... your home state, North Carolina. So, okay, let's say in North Carolina somebody has their shit together, and then they create... They're like, screw USA Rugby. Let's create USA South, and that will be the governing body for that region. Like, what if somebody decides, let's make our own governing body and we, we'll play by our own rules. That's you, what's happening already. Are you inciting the, a secession, no, Tommy? I, I'm just saying, th- that's there's our, 50 states in No, in Johnny's region. right. That's already, what, be more. that's already what's happening. Yeah. Like, a lot of the governing bodies are taking over and basically saying, we're going to run. And, and it has been happening, honestly. The territorial unions have, have been doing a lot of the legwork all along but now they're saying okay what are we getting out of these dues and what you know what can we do more efficiently based on our union but it, it creates a little bit of a fractured environment and then you do have 
situations where there could be a couple people in, in charge of a certain territorial territorial union that go rogue who <laughs> decide to do things that do risk the health and safety of their players because they don't really have the best interests of their players in mind. Like there, there aren't very many places in the U S where it's really safe to like risk infection through massive like sporting events, especially the physical contact that rugby requires a scrum, a mall, a line out. And I, I don't know. Spoiler alert. A lot of the clubs and club rugby don't have the resources that you do in the NBA or things like that yeah. where they're testing every player, like every day they're testing every... No, We know the MLR is not profitable. You're <laughs> just trusting the dude with the nickname of, like, you know, Dogface or whatever. <laughs> like, you're trusting, like, somebody to show up and tell you that they're okay unless you do have protocol in place, like... Well, they have done in at the more professional levels, like in New Zealand and things like that, where they're taking temperatures and they're doing more testing. And that's not the situation we're at in club rugby, and it's not going to be the situation we're at. So I think it makes it difficult for a return to play to be sanctioned anytime soon. Yeah, not a shot. I mean, let's transition back into the MLR because we are an MLR show, but we just talked about the club rugby issues. We know MLR is not profitable. Right. They're going to have to pull out of pocket. Now, I will give them credit. Kamesh Killebrew crushed it today. He was on his social medias all day, boomer style, just getting after it, sharing the announcement left and right. But they appear to have a plan and a backup plan, Tommy, and a backup backup plan. So he's we got, got a lot, lot of plans. We got a lot of hopes. What are yeah. the plans? We need to know. Well, I mean, he mentioned something in the Guardian article. Shout out to Pangeli, by the way, with getting all the scoops on this. Charlo. Um, he, he said, you know, we want to do a 16-game season with the two playoff weekends. But if that can't happen, we have a reduced form ready to go. We have multiple bubble options ready to go. Maybe the West Coast teams bubble up in Texas somewhere um, and play their games week to week. I'm just throwing out ideas as an outsider. As far as they know, they want to play the traveling schedule out. And, Tommy, by waiting till – so by waiting till March, they do get to see an entire NFL season. Right? What happens when a team gets a mass infection? You know, what happens when you need to reschedule a game, but you only have limited weeks to do that? This will give the MLR and our boy Killebrew some time to sit back, bide their time, make sure their plan is ready to go, and make sure they can stockpile and hoard all the PPE from all the other leagues. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we are a pick 'em show. Harpo gets mad at us when we don't pick, and. Because it's the way too early announcement of the 2021 season, we have to give our way too early finals picks. So, Tommy, we were talking investing earlier. Now we're talking rugby. I want you to look at the little uh, schedule graphic MLR created for us. Tell me, what is your Eastern Conference final, Western Conference final, and your championship? All right. We don't need scores, too. Okay. Don't need scores. I'm I'm saying – before we jump in, Johnny, what, let's talk a little bit about the format. There's going to be seven teams in the West, six in the East, and only the top two seeds are getting through. Yeah. So yeah. we could have a weird situation where, say, the West is super competitive, you know, a, a, a 10 to 12 win team misses out. But for the most part, if you win a one or two seed, you got to be good. I'm guessing 10 wins, it gets you a maybe into the playoffs. 12 wins is definite. 
anything higher than 12, you're, you're probably getting the one seed. Yeah, I think you got to win to get in anyway. If you want the championship. Is that what they say? Win to get in? Win, you win to get in. <laughs> you're in it. To win it. And then if, you, if you're in it, you 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 got to win it or something like that. I try to. Anyway, so like, yeah, you know, if you're not one of the top two, there could be somebody, one or two teams in the West that have a gripe, but you got to – that that's you understand going into it. That's the deal, right? You gotta you gotta get one of those top two seeds. You know, you got the likes of San Diego and Seattle. You know, to contend with to come into that. So we'll see what the other teams can bring. But I mean, that, yeah, that's screaming so, out as the favorite, right? I just think with the number of matches they have planned for the regular season, you can't have too long of a playoff. Like they could be argued to have a longer play, but there's not enough teams to justify, you know, having more than half of the league in a, yeah. in a playoff situation. So, um, so yeah, I like I like the setup. Let's do our West Conference picks first, Tommy. All right, my gut tells me that we should <laughs> follow the Twitter beef. And go with Legion Seawolves. That's what I mean. You can't really pick anybody else just based off the signings. You might want to go with the the Legion. However, Stephen A. However, right however. there. However, <laughs> I'm going with terrible the Gilgronies and the Giltinis. I really I don't know why I'm putting this blind faith in Gilchrist. They've barely even announced any player signings for the Giltinis. I just think he's going to create that Australian pipeline. I think those teams are going to be good. Johnny, I don't know why. Um, I, Austin has real pieces now. Um, Frank Halai is an all-black, and he's coming back. Jamie McIntosh, the WAPA, all-black. You're Stop. welcome. Um, either way, I love... A lot of talk. Let's see what let's yeah. see what shows up. I mean, there was, there was talk <laughs> of L.A. signing Matt Gitto, and, and he said... Gets out of town. He said, get... Out of town, no. you know. He said straight up, "Yeah, maybe my agent knows something I don't, but nah, nah, yeah, nah, bro." That was that was coy though. If I was signing with the Giltinis, I'd say the same thing. I mean, I can see Gitto <laughs> in I LA, mean, but yeah. like you know, we'll see. I mean, yeah. it'd be great, honestly. Like, it, I love to see uh, these players that are later in their career who are just absolute world class players. Come over and, and make an impact. We saw that with Ma Nanu, who, who, unlike some of them, who kind of diet phone it in and they're. Oh yeah, let's pour one out. Quick, quick little segment to all of our one and dones. Uh, pour one out for Ma Nanu, one and done. Sure. Pour, pour one out for Monsieur Bastero, one and done. Oh my God. Uh, pour one out for Tendai Tawarira, one and done. DC. <laughs> Do we have any others? Hopefully not. Holiday. Who's a uh, New England uh, hooker? Celebrate. Never mind. Oh, Tom, Japanese guy. Don't bring up my college experience. <laughs> Anyhow, on to your Western Conference picks, Tommy. My Western Conference, yeah, it's uh, you know, it it's hard to say with the the Giltinis. They could be really good, but you ha- the safe pick is San Diego and Seattle. He's going with Twitter beef. Yeah, would have been for the win, especially when you got so much uncertainty coming into the league. Consistency is going to be the key with San Diego and Seattle. I think I, I think that's solid. There you go. Uh, Let's shift to the East, Johnny. Yeah, I, I want to like Atlanta. I really do. Uh, I don't know if they have what it takes to go the distance. Um, 
I'm seeing a lot of South African signings down there. Yeah. Has that always just been been a thing with life? Like they oh for sure they feed their program with Safas. Dude, they've they've had a Safa connection since the early aughts. Talking about early aughts is in the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, I played against them for a couple decades, and they always had a very strong connection there. And then with some of their ownership being uh, having some South African connections, I think that's good. But John, uh, I, I'll, I'll add to that. Harpo tells us about the culture they're building down there. Yeah. And we've certainly heard about their facilities they've been putting together. Uh, but our guy Missile, he's loving life down in Atlanta. He's going to be playing with 404 and, and life. John, do you like Atlanta to make the conference final? I'm just taking a flyer on Atlanta because I like I want to like him. You know, that's, a, that's an emotional pick. And then Toronto, the arrows, straight as. <laughs> if there was an yeah, Eastern Conference team to claim 2020 champions and be shut down by Peter Tiberio, it would have been Toronto. Because they were on a good run until our Colorado Raptors put them down right before the season got canceled. Let's not forget that the uh, the Raptors were the hottest team when they withdrew. So technically, Tommy, the hottest team in the MLR right now is the Colorado Raptors. Right now or was? In perpetuity. They'll always be the hottest team. <laughs> they beat the undefeated Arrows and were on a two-game run. Okay. <laughs> Interesting thing. In the East, I like New York. They're too sexy not to pick. The hottest team. I'm sorry, I'm going back to this, but the hottest team is on a two-game run. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll forever be on a two-game run. All right. My, Mayor Mike can take that branding uh, and run with it. The hottest team to ever withdraw from the MLR. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, I like New York. They're, they're just too damn sexy, oh, top to too. bottom. Big props, big, meaty, honking Lucy's uh, and some talented backs and back three. Connor Wallace Sims is back. Solid. One of the highest try scorers in MLR history. Uh, he had an okay year one, even better year two. No, I got that wrong. Rooney came in year two. So we'll see where they go. Um, a lot of interesting, exciting players, but I, like I still it. love the passion of that ownership group. and. Yep. We'll see where they go. Now, my other pick. East still has a lot of those expansion teams, a lot of teams we haven't seen expansion a whole lot. Expansion well, teams? It's a brand new league. What are you talking about? <laughs> the whole league has expanded from nowhere. I'm trusting. <laughs> like the big bang, man. <laughs> I'm trusting Nola Gold and Tim Falcon's outfit to actually get it done and get to the playoffs this year. I like it. They were close in year two, but they've done what I consider the right way to build a franchise is you give players stability. He awards two to three-year contracts. A lot of these rugby guys are just going one-off deals. It's not easy to relocate your team, get your life together when you're always looking at the next greenest hill of grass. I don't know what the hell they say, Tommy. But uh, <laughs> I think it's a grassy knoll. <laughs> it's a knoll. Hey, it's a no. Don't talk shit about Dallas. <laughs> but Tommy, give me Rooney. Give me Nola. I just love these I like acronyms. That. I think that's our Eastern Conference final. I like it. So I like I like Rooney and I like DC because you know Rooney just looks good. But DC is like they were on a roll last year. They have some solid players. I don't know. Starting to get Atlanta. Ahead. Atlanta could also be really good, but I, I think DC 
will be in the number two seed. An informed team. They, uh, I think they lost half of their halfback pairing. I could be wrong. Oh, Jason Robertson is headed somewhere else. Oh, no. Sorry, that was Sammy Malcolm for Toronto is headed to play in Japan. Uh, um, and I, I think Old Glory will get their pairing back between Danny Tusitala. Johnny, he's been playing some ITM Cup for Auckland. Oi, mate. How good. So good. Quick uh, Southern Hemisphere update before we go on to our finals picks. Johnny, we've been watching a ton of Super Rugby Aotearoa of Mitre 10 Cup. What do you love so much about this style of play down south? Dude, the Mitre 10 is such a solid comp because all these guys are getting off either being selected to the All Blacks, a lot of new selections there, which is great to see the youth infusion, or not getting selected and having a different type of motivation. And... Man, it's just spicy. I mean, could use a little bit more defense, but it, it is such an entertaining <laughs> brand of rugby. They're, the offloads are just on for days. A lot of MLR players. Shout out to uh, Tony Lamborn and Eagle. He's the captain of the Southland Stags. Uh, but it's just so good to see, even if they're not Americans, if they're guys that already took a risk on MLR and now are like, okay, COVID's happening. The only place I can find work is Mitre 10 Cup, get me down to New Zealand to quarantine. Like, I love that attitude. Any rugby player that's found his way onto the field in arguably the most competitive setting of all time, like, everyone wants to play right now. These squads are not easy to make. Um, and, so, you, and you got so much, uh, like, mixing of different players playing for their representative clubs, like, for, playing for their areas, right? Like, you got the Aaron Smiths of the world who – has gone on arguably the best scrum half in the world for quite a while, or that's what people tend to say. He he's playing for the turbos, man, with two turbos, and he's like, you know, they're they're not the best outfit, but he's doing work, and it's yeah. good to see that mixture of, of veteran players and new up and comers, and and really playing for their you know provincial areas. Some guys who would typically get their breakthrough and get time now, while the All Blacks you know were off in camp. Yeah, uh, they're getting pushed down, but it is what it is. If your best players in the world want to stay fit, you bet your ass Aaron Smith's getting selected for Manawatu or the Barrett brothers are getting selected for Taranaki. It's just how it works. I'm sorry if you're an up-and-coming 10 yeah. for the Taranaki Bulls. You're not starting over it's, Bowden Barrett. It's some great Good footy, mate. Rugby. And, John, quick uh, Super Rugby AU, the, uh, the Brumbies, mate. Brumbies beat the Reds. Uh, them. Interesting comp. There was some good flashes. I really like what the Reds showed because um, we're going to see the Wallabies soon in the rugby championship. A couple names. Obviously, you all know James O'Connor. Yeah. He appears to now have like arrived as a mature fly half that can yeah. thread kicks and play well. Big but, story there and of his of his, you know, fall from grace, re, you know, finding himself again and he's really informed. Also, Jordan Pattaya. Oh, mate. And there's this other big uh, number eight for the Reds. I don't even think he plays, like, super skilled. He's just, like, a hard runner. Harry Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. He wears the Red Scrum cap. So. Sorry, what? No, not Harry Johnson. Harry Wilson. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> but, yeah, we're very, uh, we're very excited for the Southern Hemisphere Rugby to come. Gentlemen, on to our championship picks. We're running long the way Harpo loves it. In my Western Conference Finals, I think the Gilgronies will see their way through LA's soft team. 
Give me the Gilgronis. Well, I think the Giltinis will, you know, it's going to be that get to camp last minute, no real team bonding. Everybody's doing their own thing in L.A. You know how hard it is to, to get an Uber in L.A. They're never going to hang out. They're not going to be a tight-knit unit, so even though they're going to make the Western Conference Finals in my way-too-early picks. Uh, give me Gilgronis over Giltinis. Give me Rooney over Nola. And give me Rooney over Gilgronis. I'm not going to go that crazy. I think Rooney has been building towards something. Uh, they've been edging, as one would say. You know what I'm talking about, Tommy? So I got Rooney to win this thing. I like that. I like that. I, I also like – are we – this is September. Yeah, We're no, this is our way too early picks. August championship, August 1st. <laughs> 2021. Here's your hot take prediction. No idea. 11 months from now. Johnny, as I recall, you had Atlanta and Toronto. Toronto. I'd love to see Toronto uh, win it all, but I just I think they're extremely well disciplined and fundamental, but they won't have the spice that some of these other teams are going to bring. All right, he's taking Atlanta then. And your Western Conference game. Oh, that was uh, Twitter beef. Who you got? Seawolves or Legion? I think Seawolves go again. Oh, screw it, man. I love it. Let's let's build a dynasty here. Three feet. All right. He's got the Seawolves going three for, well, three for four, but no one got crowned. We're all good. Tommy, give us your way too early picks. Your nine months, what is it? Twelve months too early picks. Rooney will beat DC in the East. San Diego beat Seattle in the West, and then Rooney will beat San Diego. All right. We got two guys bullish on Rooney. Yeah. (sighs) Gentlemen, this was fun. Stay tuned next week where we talk Rugby World Cup. That's right. We might get a chance to host. A couple rich people are starting investment groups, Tommy. Things are happening. Yeah, it's been a great summer. Holy shit, it's late September. Solstice. Oh it's Wake up, Maggie. Day of fall. Today, Today is, is the first solstice. day of fall. Solstice. Yeah. Happy there solstice, everybody. Happy oh solstice. It's the autumnal equinox. It was mere hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Tasty. MLR is back. Beef. Is that that new uh, uh, cow substitute? Is that that new vegan stuff? I don't know. It's actually <laughs> that was on the shelf. It's a bird. Twitter beef. Gilchrist on the show, you know, it's just a matter of time. So it's not just that don't do this, it's if you do do this, you'll be a big guy. Tommy. 
not because of the high profile signings like uh um, that Chris Robshaw guy. Uh, let me. I can't prepare it this week. You don't win championships on Twitter either. Yeah, I think you gotta win to get in anyway. TFW. Any other USMLR team? That feeling went. That feeling. <laughs> Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby pick. We like a little good banter. Yeah, love it. Well, it's back-ish. Soon-ish. Do we have any uh, Twitter beef in the uh, MLA? I think I saw that. I saw something I was scrolling through. They appear to have a plan and a backup plan, Tom. And a backup backup plan. He said, you know, you know, you know. But the hottest team is on a two-game run. <laughs> the Gildronis and the Giltinis. I, really, I don't know why I'm putting this blind faith in Giltis. Pickup. Last season too. They look really good. So they're getting uh, Moon Rooney and Oakland. I, I, I cut you off. I have to stop. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. <laughs> Giltinis. I really, I don't know why I'm putting this blind faith in Gilchrist. Yeah, what about for the win? The arrows, straight as. Toronto. I'd love to see Toronto uh, win all, but the autumnal equinox.
Know your role. 